For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 53. If you've not checked out our iTunes uh, podcast or YouTube channel, please do that and you'll get all the latest messages that I put out there. Amen? So 1 Corinthians 15, 53. The Bible says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And it's speaking about when Christ comes back and the believer being changed from a corruptible person, that flesh nature, in other words, will put on incorruption. It will put on that perfect body, that glorified body, that sinless, perfect body that Christ will give when he returns. And a mortal, a mortal meaning you're going to die one day, but this body will put on immortality one day. It will be gloriously transformed into a glorified body. What does that look like? I do not know. Only Christ knows. I mean, he will give it to us when he returns for his church. Amen. And so this mortal must put on immortality. That death that we all fear will be gone. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more problems in this body. This mortal body will put on immortality. Mortality. Amen for that. I look forward to that day because we weren't meant to die. It was not so in the beginning. When God created the heavens and the earth, he did not create us to die. We were not supposed to die. It was because sin got brought into the world that death passed upon all men. And it's because of sin And that's why death is so horrific to us, because we're not meant to die. But because of sin, death passed upon all men, the Bible says. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's right. Have you ever thought about that? That death is actually a wage that you pay for sin? For the wages of sin is death. It's because of sin that every person will die. It's because of sin that there's sickness in the world. It's because of sin that people get old and broke down and crippled. It's because of sin that we have all these problems. For the wages of sin is death. Look with me now in verse 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 
Think about that. Death is literally going to be swallowed up in victory. Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave and has the keys to them and has power over them. And one day, the Bible even says that death and hell itself will be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. There'll be no more death. Death will be swallowed up in victory. Amen? And so after that happens, after the corruptible has put on incorruption, and after the mortal has put on immortality, then the Bible says, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And where it says that, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Where is that written? It's written in Isaiah chapter 25 and verse number 8. The prophet Isaiah predicted, he prophesied. In verse number 8 it says, he will, shallow, he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, and the Lord hath spoken it. So Isaiah prophesied back in the Old Testament that this was going to happen. And Paul here mimics that in the New Testament when he says death is swallowed up in victory. I have a question for you. What are death, the grave, and decomposition in the presence of such power as the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you that again. What are death, the grave, and decomposition in the presence of such power as the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ? You listen to me. When Christ comes back, millions of people that are in the ground that have been turning to dust for thousands of years, will rise out of the grave in immortality and eternal glory when that trumpet sounds. Amen? Corruption will put on incorruption and mortal will put on immortality, the Bible says. So what is death and the grave in the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ? It is as nothing. It is as nothing. Jesus has power over it. He has defeated it. And that's why I know that I can put my faith and trust in him. Because out of all the religions, out of all the so-called gods, they're all phony, they're all fake, and each and every one of them has dead and died. They're gone. They live no more. But Jesus Christ rose from that grave. Death could not hold him. Death could not hold him. He's alive today and forevermore. Amen. He has defeated it. He is the one true living God. He is the one that has the power over it and the power to defeat it. And he is the only one that has the power to forgive your sins. There's nothing else that you can do. There's nobody else you can confess them to. There's nobody else that can offer you forgiveness except for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask you in the presence of death, and the grave, what do they have? What kind of power do they have? They have absolutely nothing when it comes to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 55 tells you, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? He's asking, where it is, is it? I ask you, what if this verse could be a little taunt song to, to the believers 
as they sing it, as they rise out of the grave to meet the Lord in the air, and they mimic it and they mock it. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I wonder, will we say that as we rise to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air? You have no power. You have no sting. You have no victory. Jesus has the victory, and I'm on his side, and I belong to him. Amen. I wonder if we'll sing that song as we come out of the grave. I look forward to that day. Christians can mock death because death has lost its sting death holds no terror for us christians our sins have been forgiven our name is written in the lamb's book of life amen we are as covered in the blood of the lord jesus christ and when god looks at us he will see the perfect spotless sinless son of god he will see himself as he looked at you because you are saved and you belong to him if you've been born again if you've repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the lord jesus christ have you done that today you're not promised tomorrow listen if you're not saved, death looms over you like a sword hanging over your head, waiting to drop at any moment, and you don't know what's going to happen. The board not promised tomorrow. You don't know how long you'll live. You don't know when your heart will stop. You don't know when you'll get in a car wreck. You don't know when you'll be diagnosed with cancer. You do not know. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. We are such fragile beings. Oh, we tend to think we're tough. Two minutes without air, you're not so tough, are you? A few days without water, you're not so tough, are you? No, sir, no, ma'am. And the truth is, we're not tough at all. The truth is, you can't even make your own heart beat one single time. That is in God's hands. And so I ask you today, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith and trust in him and his finished work on the cross? Do you have that wonderful, glorious feeling like this verse says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? It's gone. You hold no power over me anymore. Death doesn't loom over me no more. I tell you, when I got saved and I got up the next morning, I walked out, out to my car to go to work and I looked up at the stars and I had the freest feeling I had ever felt in my life. Why is that? That's because the penalty had, of sin had been removed from my life. Death held no, it held no terror over me anymore because I was at peace and I am at peace with God. That is the freest feeling a person will ever feel. It is such a devil's life for the devil. So you go on and do what you want to do. Don't you, don't you let them tell you what to do. You don't want to give in to Christianity and not live a good, happy life and do what you want. No, that's a devil's lie. The freest feeling I have ever felt is the day I got saved and that, that, penalty of sin had been removed from me. I no longer carried it around on my shoulders. The Lord Jesus Christ had took that from me and I gave it to him because when Jesus died on the cross, it's not a, a blanket salvation where everybody gets saved. By the way, I have never met a person that didn't know the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is they don't know the personal application of of the message they still think they're a good person but the bible says jesus said this there is none good no not one not one of us now if you judge yourself by man's standards i'm sure you're a very good person but
but it's when you judge yourself by God's standards, how he's going to judge you, that's when it shows you what a sinner you really are. You say, well, wait a minute. Everybody does that. Everybody sins. That's right. The Bible says that we're all sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that you will have to pay for that sin unless you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word repent, that is such a lost word in a lot of churches. But you listen to me. The first thing John the Baptist preached was repent. The first thing that Jesus preached was repent. Repentance is a part of salvation. It is asking God to forgive you and for your sins. And then it's you putting your faith and trust that he died on the cross and rose again the third day. Amen. That he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So there's two things you need to do to be saved. Repent and then put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you can say like verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You don't have it anymore. He removed that. Jesus Christ took the victory from the grave. Jesus Christ took the sting out of death. Amen? He most certainly did. But you don't get that until you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in him. Look what we now, verse number 56. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 56. The Bible says, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The sting of death is sin. Death would have no sting. Listen to me. Death would have no sting for anyone if it were not for sin. It is because of sin that death is so bad. It is because of sin that people are so afraid of death. It is because of sin in a person's life unforgiven sin because your subconscious your heart you know deep down inside that there is a god the bible says that that he put it in each and every person there would be no excuse when you stand before a thrice holy god and give an account for your life so death would have no sting for anybody if it were not for sin but it's because of sin that death has such a sting in it and so you need to understand this. You need to understand this. It is the consciousness of sin, unconfessed and unforgiven, that makes men afraid to die. That's right. It's the consciousness. You know I'm a sinner. I know I've done some bad things. And that's funny because you, you, I've met some really wild people in life that did not grow up in church, that had nothing to do with God, that had nothing to do with any type of religion, had nothing, didn't want nothing to do. They were just out there partying, living wild as they can, living their life in prison. But yet they knew. They knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew that they had committed some great and horrific sins. They knew these things without anybody even telling them. Why? Because God put that in him and it is called a conscience. And when the Bible talks about a seared conscience, you know, that's only God knows where that line is at. But the Bible talks about a seared conscience. That's when a person has no more regret for what they do or what they have done. There, there is no regret for them. They don't feel bad. 
They don't even worry about it. They just do whatever they want to do. That's a defiled, a seared conscience. That means their conscience has been cut off from who they really are. It's not there. They've sinned so many times and went so far that they've seared their own conscience. But listen to me, God gave and gives each and every person a conscience of what is right and what is wrong. And so it is the consciousness of sins, unconfessed and unforgiven, that makes men and women afraid to die because they know there is a penalty for that sin. They know that there is consequences for that sin. You're not going to break the law of God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the moon, the stars, the sun, and the sea, the one that breathed and spoke everything that we know into existence. You're not going to sin against him and get away with it. You will pay for it. And you see, your conscience tells you that. And that's what makes death so fearful. That's why death has such a sting when you think about it, because you know, you know that you're going to give an account for that. And it makes you uneasy and afraid. Why? Because of your sinful life. If we know our sins have been forgiven, we can face death in confidence. We have no worry, amen? We can, we can face death. I know that because of what Jesus did on the cross, and I put my faith in him, not in myself. Hey, I've been saved. And see, once a person's saved, God does something that is amazing. He puts a piece of himself in that person, and that is the Holy Spirit, amen? And he seals you with that Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption, the day that the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And the same power that rose Jesus from the grave now resides within that believer that has put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing fact. What an amazing thing that God has done and he does when a person gets saved. So, on the other hand, sin is on the conscience. If sin is on your conscience, death is a horrible and terrible and horrific thing and a horrible thought. In other words, it is so bad that it is the beginning of eternal punishment. But if you're saved, death is simply a door that you walk through to be in the presence of a thrice holy God. Death is simply a door that opens up to lead into heaven. But on the other hand, if you're not saved, death is a horrible thing. It is a door. It is a one-way door. It is the beginning of eternal punishment in a place called hell. You say, hold on a minute, preacher. That's horrible. That's terrible. How could you dare say that? You listen to me. That's not me saying that. That's what God's word says. I don't make the rules. God makes the rules. He most certainly does. And see, we see sin as, oh, it's not that bad. It's just a little white lie. It just really wasn't much. I didn't take much. I only took a dime. I, God doesn't see sin like we see sin. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. That means the best that you can do on your best day is, is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. God is so holy. The Bible says that there's angels in heaven flying around singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is so holy that we can't even hardly grasp it. Amen. 
Moses could not even look upon him. God said it would take you out and annihilate you. He said, I could put my hand over you in the cleft of the rock and you could see my hinder parts. And just from seeing his hinder parts, Moses' face was shining like it had a flashlight inside of it. And when he went down off the mountain, it scared the people to death. And you think about that. All he did, the Bible says, was see the hinder parts of God. He couldn't even look God in the face. He would be annihilated. He would be destroyed. Why? Because he's a sinful being, just like you are, just like I am. And so, if you're saved, death has lost its thing. But if you're not, its full weight is upon your shoulders. The strength of sin is the law. You see, it's the law, God's law, that shows you and condemns you that you're a sinner. It pronounces the doom over all who have failed to obey God's holy word. It pronounces that doom upon their life, just like it pronounced the doom on my life before I got saved. You know, that's why I got saved. I was so afraid to go into hell. And it took a couple years of me thinking about it, went to different churches and but stopped by one little church my family invited me to. And the preacher preached on one verse, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants each and every person to be saved. But if there, were, if there were no sin, there would be no death. And if there were no law, there'd be no condemnation. So it's the law that condemns you. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Through faith in Jesus, we have victory over death and the grave. In other words, death is robbed from its sting. It's a fact. Listen to me. It's a fact when certain insects sting a person, they leave their stinger embedded in that person like a bee does, and they fly away. And that, and that, that stinger is left in the person's flesh. And being thus robbed, they sting. They die. They've lost their sting. They've stung themselves to death. Listen to me. Death stung itself to death at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the king of terror is robbed of its terror, as far as a believer is concerned, as far as a born-again Christian is concerned, death stung itself, slapped to death at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now that terror, the king of terrors, which is death, it has lost its terror. Why? Because if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, the victory has been won. Now, we may have struggle in this life. That doesn't mean it's going to wipe away all your problems. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Yea, that they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You will have problems. The moment you get saved, you're going to find out how real the devil really is because he's going to come after you with both barrels blazing. He's going to do everything he can to tear you and tear you apart. What, what did Jesus tell Peter? He told Peter that Satan has desired you to sift you as wheat, to tear you, to shred you, or slap apart. Amen. But even if he does take this body, it doesn't matter. Your soul's going to go on to be forever with the Lord. Amen. Our last verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Apostle Paul here exhorts us, me and you, to be steadfast, unmovable 
and always abounding in the working of the Lord. Listen to this, knowing that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. And sometimes we, we look at that and we go, man, nothing's happening. Man, I haven't seen anything, anything, anything happen in a while. Man, I don't know if we're getting anywhere. But Paul assures you that your labor is not in vain for the Lord. Amen. And listen, when you're saved, the truth of the resurrection, it changes everything. It provides hope and steadfastness and enables us to go on in the face of overwhelming, difficult circumstances because we know that the victory has already been won, amen, that we have been born again. Keep on working for the Lord. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352 352- Two four seven nine two zero zero. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.